Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. Hey, guys, and I'm JJ Crable. And I'm Kat. And on this episode, we once again have somebody who was kind enough to come on from Reddit, and their name is Riley. Riley, would you like to introduce yourself to our audience? Hi, guys. I'm Riley, a first-time poster on Reddit for paranormal spooky stuff, and it led me here. So thank you for having me. Awesome. I love it. Reddit is such an important place for me lately. I feel like I, anytime I Google anything, I just add Reddit on to the end of it. And I like, I don't know, I feel more supported by people with their responses and answers. This podcast is not sponsored by Reddit. Or is it? Reddit, you can get on that. For sure. They all have answers. Every, Every post, every subreddit, they have the answers. Yeah, I feel like Reddit is what you make of it because it can go from supportive to like YouTube comments real quick, depending on like where you are and what you're looking for. You know, it can get kind of yeah. <laughs> strange fast. So Riley, what we usually do is ask our guests kind of to see where they fall on the spectrum of believing in the supernatural. Zero meaning you don't really believe at all. And Tim, meaning you do believe uh, absolutely in ghosts and the supernatural. Where do you kind of fall? Um, I, for me personally, is definitely a 10 Wow, 10. 10 for sure, yeah. You you can't really go through, like, you can experience, like, the amount of things that I've experienced without, like, there's no answer, there's no rhyme, there's no reason. Like, it's just unexplained, and you just have to believe. That's it. Yeah. Uh, see, that's the thing. I feel like all of us, well, Noah and I have had, like, similar, like, some experiences that weren't like super direct uh like seeing well no no one actually saw a ghost i've never seen one jj's never experienced literally anything no nothing. so we just don't understand paranormal or normal <laughs> just That's no right. experience <laughs> gotta work on that cv yeah i mean you guys might be lucky to kind of not experience that world because at times it's it's quite scary you, you just don't know what's lying ahead of you so it, just to kind of be oblivious to the fact might be a better understanding of the world. Yeah. So. so it sounds like you've had quite a few experiences then. Do you want to kind of walk us through uh, one of your first ones? Oh my God. Yeah, sure. So like I, like my whole entire life has been riddled with just experiences, not only like by myself, but family members. And I can definitely get into all of that if you guys are willing. Yeah, um, absolutely. But recently, I posted my experience on Reddit, and it was the first time I've ever publicly spoken about such an experience. Like, I've told a handful of friends, like my partner, my family, um, but nothing of that kind of, like, spectrum, no, nothing that broad. Um, but my first experience, I was six, seven years old, and my parents, uh, they had divorced when I was five. So this led me to li- live in uh, two different households. Um, when I'd spend my time with my dad on the weekends, me and my dad was seeing somebody. So I was at this house. I didn't have anything. You know, I was just there and spending time with the family. Um, but this, this night is just so vivid. And like, I can recall every like feeling and every experience of that night. But I was laying in my room 
It's quite small. You know, I had a day bed, nothing in the closet, and a little nightstand with a TV. And I'm laying there. And, you know, at like one, two, three o'clock in the morning, because I, you know, I developed sleep insomnia pretty early on in life. So, like, I was awake pretty, like, late in the morning, and, you know, at that time, like, reruns of, like, George Lopez or Robot Chicken, like, are playing on the TV. But anyways, um, I remember, like, Robot Chicken was playing on the TV, and I see the spider crawl across the, the screen. And so, I've never been one to leave a spider, like, be in my space. So, I was just like, okay, I went and grabbed some toilet paper from the neighboring bathroom, and I went and I took care of it. You know, at this point, I'm fully awake. You know, I haven't slept yet. And then I lay back in bed. And when I'm in bed, a short while after, I could feel, like, a vibration on the bottom of my bars of my bed. And so, like, at that point, I'm just like, what's going on? Like, I don't think much of it. I'm just sitting there. My TV's still playing in the background, and nothing happens for a while. And then all of a sudden, you know, like a day bed, like it's just bars. There's like a mattress and there's bars. So there's nothing underneath this bed because I had nothing. We didn't have a dog. We didn't have a cat. And it was like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Anyways, so to my terror, I felt the whole entire length of the, the bed, like the bars being like run over by fingers, like if you were to like walk by a fence. And I, I stopped. Like I could, I could hear it. I could feel it in my bed. I'm like, I can remember that just like the terrifying feeling that I had in my chest. So I sat there and, you know, at some point I looked over the bed because like you can't just sit there and just like totally not acknowledge what's going on. And so I'm sitting over the bed, just peeking my head, and there's nothing at first. And after a while, I start to see the crown of a head slowly move out of the bed. But the thing is, it's like, it wasn't like somebody inching. It was like the most inhuman way of it, something just like slowly pushing out, right? And so as this like figure, this creature moved out from the bed, I could start seeing the greasiness and the knots in the hair. And then because my TV light's on, right? The TV's on, I can see the light of everything in the room. So the knots and the greasiness in the hair, and then it gets to the skin complexion. And I was like translucent, like, I guess my, the perfect like explanation of this, if, if you guys have ever seen The Exorcist mm-hmm. and how Reagan is just like, completely disgusting and just not visually appealing at all with cracked lips, terrible skin, you know, crazy hair. So this is what's like looking at me, right? The lips are cracked, drier than the desert, and the eyes are like really blue. Like the only comparison that I've ever come across is um, like the Game of Thrones, the zombie dude, Uh like how blue the eyes were. So I'm looking at this and it's so foreign to me, but at the same time, it's like, I know what it is because it was me. So I'm sitting there seven years old, looking over my bed at three o'clock in the morning, looking at myself, but the most like terrible dead version of me that I could like ever explain. And you know, I'm seven years old. Like I've never seen a scary movie. I don't do anything like that because my parents wouldn't let me. So like, How could this thing be right there? Because I couldn't imagine it. It's there. It's in front of me. And it just stared. Did nothing. It didn't speak. Like nothing happened. And so, of course, 
I screamed my head off <laughs> being such a little girl and just so terrified of the situation. I was not equipped to take care of it whatsoever. He come, my dad comes running in and, um, you know, he flips on the lights. He looks under the bed. He's like, Oh, there's nothing there. Like, absolutely. Like you're okay. You know, like, you know, a while passes, I'm like freaking out, but he's like, just go back to bed. He tucks me back in, turns off the light. But the second that he left the room, I turned it back on and I stayed up all night. And that was my first experience that I've ever had. And it's something that has like terrified me to this day because like I still can't have space underneath my bed. <laughs> it's so scary. <laughs> wow. You said you were seven when this happened and the, you know, this entity that came out of your bed, was it like a seven-year-old version of yourself or was it like an adult version of you? No, it was like seven-year-old me. Like mm -hmm. I knew what I looked like, you know, like, you take like my school photos and you take the same thing, put it together and it's the same person. Mm. So like I was looking at myself, that's why it was like so foreign and so familiar at the same time. Cause like I knew that it was me. Wow. Oh my goodness. And you said it like came out of your bed. I mean, was it like, like kind of coming out of the, the mattress, like from under, oh, no, okay. or from, un from under your bed? The space under my bed, and mind gotcha. you, it was, it was a twin bed. There's mm -hmm. no way anything could fit under there. Absolutely nothing. That's so. crazy. And you were, like, awake? Like, this wasn't a dream that you woke up from? Like No, fully awake. Absolutely fully awake. And, like, since you mentioned that, like, I talked to my dad about this, right? Probably, like, that same time, because I remember him not accepting, like, what had happened and, like, how terrified I'd been. And... Uh, you know, after that, like I slept with the lights on, nothing under my bed. I always checked under my bed or like I shoved things so nothing could fit. But fully awake, this thing just like inched out from the space under my bed. And I actually researched this like, you know, when I got older and it's a doppelganger. That's what I've like come to the conclusion of it being. And with my research, I found out that like a doppelganger can like, you know, foresee death you know, sickness or terrible life events. And I ended up getting like this whole slurry of terrible life events. And like, I'm not saying that I can blame it on that, but like, that could be one reason that, you know, things happen because you're not supposed to see things like that, especially so young, like that's the beginning of your life. That is crazy. I'm literally like, my feet have been in the air for the past 10 minutes because <laughs> we're sitting on a couch with space under it. Riley, how has that affected your life going into adulthood like how, how were you able to kind of carry the weight of an event like that moving on forward into life like it's just kind of like knowing that something happened but kind of also dismissing it at the same time um it's just like you always know that there might be something there and so you're always kind of like cautious about things or like you're you're just scared of something that you shouldn't be and um, this like leads into my, the next experiences that I have, but like it's, they're always spaced out years from uh, certain times. And. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> For our viewers listening, that was not a doppelganger. It was a cat. Jump, jump, jump. Cats are so funny at these. 
these recordings. I wonder if the doppelganger is doing a podcast right now talking about seeing like a human version of them. You know? <gasps> oh, yeah. I just put my feet in the air again. What a weird like thing. Yeah, that could totally be happening. It's, it's like if you've seen us, there's doppelgangers living underground just being forced okay. to podcast. Spoiler. It's been out for a while. You're right, you're right. So did, did your dad believe you at all or have, have you guys come to an understanding about what happened? Okay, so um, after I posted my Reddit post, um, I called my dad and I, I asked him, I was just like, hey, do you remember this happening? And he says, he's like, I don't necessarily remember that happening, but I know that something to that extent happened and it has stuck with me until this day. And, you know, my dad, uh, he's an ex-cop, you know, he's done crazy things with his life, but he is definitely a believer in the paranormal and he's had so many different experiences um, throughout his young life and now into his adult life. Um, but... Uh, like there's no answer to that and like he finally like was like yeah like I understand like this happened but you were too young and I didn't want to scare you which is understandable because I had experienced something like that mm -hmm. so he so. had to experience something similar to that or he was just saying he remembers you like being upset about the experience no he remembers me being upset uh, upset about it but he was accepting to the fact that it had happened gotcha okay wow they always say that, like, you know, uh, kids and younger people are the ones that um, kind of have more, like, vivid, mm -hmm. non-biased experiences because they're so young and innocent. They don't really know to limit what they see or hear, you oh, know. Yeah, exactly. And I wonder if that's the same in the ghost world, which is why your young doppelganger self was like, I'm going to go peek my head out and look. But maybe she wasn't allowed to. Yeah, I, mean, I hope it was like that, but it was <laughs> terrifying to just, you know, to just be that kind of incident. And she just stared. Just stared. But like, what felt like, you know, like a lifetime was probably no more than, you know, five to 10 seconds. Like it happened that quick and it was over that quick as well. And, and it wasn't like you both came out at the same time, like you were looking in a mirror. It was like she came out and then you looked over and saw her. No, I was over the bed. And it began to just like slide out. Yeah. Ugh. Scary and, stuff. And yeah. what happened after you screamed? Did it just vanish or? Yeah, it was gone. Like everything that I remember, like I, you know, like when you see something, like I physically remember like pushing away from the side of the bed and screaming, just like moving back to the wall, my dad running in. But like, you know, he was right across the, the hall. So that like from the time from he got to my room to my or from his bedroom to my room, like it was gone. There was nothing under the bed. There was absolutely nothing. So were you ever able to sleep in that room again? I feel like I never would have been able to. Um, I don't like I honestly do not remember because, you know, my dad wasn't with that person for that long. And mm -hmm. so like I hadn't lived there for that long. And it was only like weekends. But I'm pretty sure that like I would be up all night. And, you know, it carried on to, like, when I stayed at my mom's house or stayed at other people's houses, like, I could never sleep. It was terrifying. Do you yeah. remember what Robot Chicken episode was on? 
God. <laughs> no, I do not. From when but, you were seven. <laughs> yeah, I still watch that show. It's great. I love it. You kind of bounced around between houses. Did anything happen at the other houses? Yes. Glad you asked. Um, my next experience didn't like happen until, um, God, maybe fifth, sixth grade. So this was, you know, I don't even know how many years ago, <laughs> but you know, it was, it was quite some time later after that first initial experience. Um, so I was living with my mom at the time and I had a friend come over and I had gotten a brand new phone. It was the iPhone 4. So, you know, super like it's new, new generation. I'm young, but my friend decided to like take pictures on my phone, like take selfies. And in the background, like we were watching The Walking Dead and, you know, it was like the first episode. Um, the main dude, he's walking out of the hospital is super bright, like right in the beginning of it. So there's nothing crazy going on. Right. And so in the pictures, when I like looked at them the next day, um, I had this fabric couch. So obviously it's not a reflective surface, you know, it was like tweed or whatever it was. And then like behind that, there's like a walkway and then there's like a China hutch with a, a mirror that goes across the length of it. In the picture on her, what is it? Her left shoulder over her left shoulder, there was like a face but it was like a cloudy but translucent face that was staring right at her. And you could see like the jaw and kind of the outline of everything and also the eyes. Ooh. The eyes the eyes were like a pale yellow and like the mouth was like, like gaping open to expose some crazy teeth. And so I like, I freaked out. I decided to show my mom and we were looking at together and it wasn't just one face. The more you looked at it, it was four faces. Because once we were fixated on that one, we we're just like, oh my God, we didn't notice anything else in it. But you know, like it was different transparencies and it was just like in the background or it was like floating behind the couch. There was no other body to it, but it was just a face. And they were all looking at her. And come to find out later that she had played the Ouija board. You know, and we were in like sixth grade. So she's like tapping into stuff that she shouldn't be. So like, I don't blame that experience on me. And I completely, <laughs> I blame her for that. But it was terrifying to see. My mom actually made me delete the pictures. And I really, really, really regret like deleting such like powerful evidence of the paranormal because it was something like we could never recreate it because it was truly terrifying. So mom, I <laughs> <laughs> the only so the only other time I've heard of like yellow eyes and like crazy teeth like what would you describe how would you describe like their mouth again um fangs but like gaping open so like I remember like the top was like kind of open but then the jaw was just like you know like a snake mm -hmm. where it kind of like unhinges and goes a little bit further but it was like it was a gape. It was crazy with like fangs. Like, I don't know how long they were, but they look, it looked massive. Just terrible. The only other time I've heard of that exact description was from a friend of mine who, um, at the time had a significant lack of oxygen, um, and was like blacking out and really close to death. And he said, as he remembers seeing like very clearly this kind of face, like described specifically described like the jaw lower and teeth like that and yellow eyes but he was like convinced that it was an, 
a face of an angel. Um, and not like he's not Christian or anything like that. He just has always known angels to be more gruesome and fearful looking than described in like, you know, our children's literature and churches all over Maybe the place. Maybe it was the devil. Could be. Maybe. But I think even like, not that I know the, the Bible as well um, as once in my life, but I'm like, even like when they describe angels, they describe them as like terrifying creatures that are coming to like send a message or whatever it may be. But um, cause that's just interesting because I haven't heard like that description in a while. Yeah. I mean, the possibilities are endless of like truthfully what it could be, mm-hmm. but you know, like just saying that it's, doesn't matter if it's an angel or the devil, but yeah, truly it's, it's life changing and absolutely terrifying. So taking pictures, it's a little bit scary sometimes. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. And have you spoke to your friend recently about that event? Uh, no, we haven't been friends, gosh, maybe a year after since that. that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, since that night. It's just, enough was enough. But um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't spoken to her, um, never brought it up. My mom and I just kind of like put it out, like don't talk about it. But I did text her the other day and like, hey, remember this? And she said, absolutely. How could I forget? Okay. So yeah, it's a lasting impression for sure. So would you say your mom and dad have kind of a different approach to the supernatural? Um, so my mom, she like, she knows things happen, but I think she's too scared to understand like why they do. And then my dad, like he grew up in, he actually like grew up in a haunted house like crazy haunted with his whole entire family. So his understanding of the paranormal is, it's, it's very like personal. Like he understands that he knows it's there. So the difference between them is like um, black and white. One's scared, one knows it's happening and they're totally both accepting of it though. Like they, they believe me, they understand. And like, you know, he's had personal experiences. I've never asked her, but it's there. Has your dad watched, um, what is it, Haunting of Hill House on Netflix? Yeah, I I don't know. Um, I haven't asked him, but I don't think he would because he doesn't like scary movies. Yeah, Yeah, I was just curious (laughs) because some of the people that have had situations like that on our podcast, they say that that show is like the closest thing to what they've experienced, um, like growing up in haunted houses and things like that. But completely understandable that somebody who's been through that would not want to invite that back in their life. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and like if, if they can like describe it as their own, like the Hill House is a comparison, like my family's experience was definitely a comparison. And like it even, you know, it made it into the newspaper. I'm going to get my hands on a copy of the article soon. You know, we've had priests come and bless the house and uh, just some crazy stuff had happened. And like, not a lot of my family like to talk about it. Wow. So have you had any more personal experiences before we transition to the haunted house? Hmm. Goodness. So, uh, Yes. So when I was living with my dad, um, he had gotten married. We settled down at this house. Um, we, so I was probably eighth grade at the time. So like I would just get home from school and wait until everybody else got home. My dad and stepmom are working. My little brother was at school. So I just, I just be there by myself. And it's just like 
there's always a feeling. There was always a feeling in that house of just kind of like looking behind your back or just like being a little like spooked up because like it was a new house, but it just felt super eerie. Um, I remember like I was sitting on the couch and the way that the TV was set up, it was pretty high up, but you could see like the kitchen and then you can see the stairs. Um, while the kid, the, the TV transitioned to black, like through an episode of a, um, a show, I saw a figure sitting on the stairs and it just, it was really quick. The TV popped back on. I looked back and there was nothing there. So I was just like, you know, it's just a trick of my mind. And, um, come to find out, you know, after all these years, my dad saw a little boy in that house. What? Mm. Yep. And so, like, that was just, like, something I was, like, I refused to acknowledge because it was, like, oh, it's just maybe a trick of my mind. But, like, I saw that. I was the only person at home and, like, sitting on the stairs just, you know, by myself. Nothing could have explained it. Um, so that was, like, the second to last personal experience that I've had um, at the house that we moved into after that. I had really bad sleep paralysis. And I know that a lot of people are like, you know, it's not a part of the paranormal world, but in certain situation, there's no other reason like to explain it. But I like in the basement of the house, that's where my room was. No, but everyone else was up on the third floor. So like I would, there was so much space between us um, laying in bed and I'd wake, wake up and I had this like, um, so I had a closet and then I had like um, a crawl space, but it had like doors that shut. Um, and I just sat there, like I'd wake up just like paralyzed in fear. And I just stare at those doors, like waiting for something to show up. And after like everything like broke, like, you know, lights would be on, I'd be watching TV to go back to sleep. But like, I never like dismiss, like, I didn't like relate that to being paranormal, but there's the possibilities, you know, some crazy stuff happened in that house. So you can't really like dismiss it. We've so, had a lot of people talk about sleep paralysis, yeah. and it's definitely what do you think, JJ? He's been so quiet. I He's know. probably over here, like, okay, first up, we didn't see this, 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 this. Oh no, I'm uh, just shocked by this phrase. Like, really? that's really, really creepy. And normally, I'm like, I want a ghost to come haunt me, or you know, do have some kind of encounter, just because you know, I'm I'm curious, and I want. To believe that ghosts are out there but the the things that you're describing i i mean the sleep paralysis i could i could be fine with some sleep paralysis um though i'm sure it's not pleasant um but you know that face and the doppelganger i i'll take a hard pass on that yeah it's definitely like i know it, like other people have had like kind of like eerie things happen to them like doors closing and all that kind of stuff but a lot of my experience of like they've been visual and they're not pleasing whatsoever like you're not gonna sleep after that yeah. and it's like a lasting effect so like when I say like you really don't want to experience it you probably don't because there's that stuff and it exists and it's crazy yeah I, mean, I couldn't even sleep after I watched the first Saw movie so you know I <laughs> And that was just on a TV. So. Right, right. Yeah. Riley, at what age did you stop seeing, um, like, visual entities? Um, so the last, like, time, like, that I've seen something personally, I was about 16. Um, you know, it would just be, like, shadows, like, 
you know, out of like in light spaces, just walking across. Um, but nothing more than that afterwards, like it'd be, it was the void, the sleep paralysis and just shadows. And like, after then it, it just like became, um, physical, like the feeling and just like, you know, little experiences, but nothing to the intensity of what had happened previously. Yeah. That seems to be pretty, um, common with people that we've had on tell their stories. It seems like they get to kind of a certain age of maturity and they stop visually seeing ghosts, but they still have, you know, they might feel an energy or, you know, like smaller um, experiences with the supernatural. Yeah, that's exactly uh, what I experienced. Like it just went from 100% to maybe 10% in a span of 15 years. Maybe there's something, maybe there's something is, maybe there is something to the movie with, um, Tom Hanks, the, the, the express, they go to Polar Express, Polar Express, y'all. Right. Words are so hard lately. I have not seen that movie. I've only read the book. Well, I'm going to spoil it for you. There are no ghosts. Yeah. Are there hauntings in the Polar Express? But I, I, isn't it like if you, but, oh wait, that's different. If you believe you can see the Polar Express and Santa and everything. Right. Or is it only the kids can see Santa? And when you're an adult, you can't because you kind of stop believing when you're an adult. In this case, this isn't the case. But what I'm, <laughs> just, I am making a great like point. Polar Express. <laughs> I can you, can you draw that on a whiteboard for us? So we're oh, where my it. brain is, is like, uh, maybe there is something to like when we get older, it, it just becomes less possible to our brains to be flexible enough to hear these things and see these things. And this is a real hauntings podcast scoop. <laughs> the polar express is real. Oh we just goodness. can't see it because we're adults. That's right. Which means that JJ, you're kind of screwed. You're never going to see a ghost. You're, you're too old. <laughs> I missed, I missed the deadline. Apparently. Woof. Uh, so Riley, this all kind of leads us into, I guess, the story with um, your dad's haunted house. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so my family, they grew up in the Seattle area. Um, they were, you know, here from the late 60s to uh, mid 80s. Um, and during that time, um, my family had moved into a house with uh, my, my grandpa, who's like my step-grandpa, basically his two kids, and then my grandma, she had six of her own kids. Mm. So it was a blending of a large family. Um, they moved into this house, and uh, I, I've been told so many stories by my family members, and, you know, it's like all of, like, with permission that, like, I'm able to speak on this matter because, like, they're not my stories to tell, but, like, passing it on is definitely something that I want to do. Um, but they moved into this house and everything was pretty, pretty chill at first. Um, my aunt, um, we'll call her Jay. She was the oldest one of the house. And, uh, you know, she investigated the area and it led her to a cemetery and at the cemetery it's overgrown and whatnot. And she, you know, took time to kind of clear things off. You know, she read the names on the stones because, like, when you want to remember somebody, that's what you do. You just, you know, go to their gravesite, talk to them, remember them. Anyways, after that, it turns out that was a really big mistake. And something had, like, attached itself to her into the house and, like, the whole property. Hmm. Um, 
And so from there, it just kind of like began to get a little more intense. Um, it started with the smell of roses, like a very sweet kind of like someone brought fresh flowers and you know, like, you're not going to mind it, but you're kind of like, you know, it's pleasant, but where is it coming from? And see, so it went from roses to like absolutely terrifying encounters. Um, my dad, he personally, so like in, it was a two level um, house. So like on the top was above ground and the, you know, um, above ground on the bottom floor and the basement was unfinished. And so with the doors, they didn't have any doorknobs and he shared a room with my uncle, um, my uncle Kay, who, you know, was hard of hearing. So he didn't experience anything, especially during the night. But um, he, you know, sat there awake and he saw a mist float in through the door, the doorknob where, you know, it should be. And it turned into a whole figure. And then, you know, he covered his hair or his head and didn't move, didn't do anything. And that's like the only like experience that he's personally had himself. And then moving on to like the women of my family, um, my Aunt Jay, they were sleeping on the carport, and um, they're all of them, like six of them on the carport. They have their dog with them, and he, the dog wakes my aunt up with his barking. You know, she looks over, and she's staring at the slight pole, and she sees, like, this kind of, like, silver undulating, like, vertical mist, and it starts to rise up the light pole. And it like, once it got to the top of the tree line, it just stayed there. And she, ex like, she explained this scenario to me so many times, but she never said that she like felt scared, but she felt like very comfortable during that time. And like, she like, it was like a friend that she hasn't seen in a long time. And so she wasn't scared whatsoever. Nobody else saw it. But after a while of it, just like kind of sitting and just like, moving within itself it turned and bent 90 degrees and it just flew off into the night so and were you gonna say something yeah so i don't think we've ever had a story about a ghost in mist form have really we? yeah no not that i can think of yeah that's wild i've never i don't know if i've ever even heard of that what was it a certain color or was it just clear or um, for my dad, it was like dark green, black. And then for my aunt, it was like a silver blue. So it was like really pretty to look at. It wasn't scary whatsoever. Yeah, that, that's like some uh, World of Warcraft haunting stuff. That's, that's... <laughs> right. It's just like pretty to look at, but yeah. kind of terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> pretty crazy. Oh, and then like moving on, my aunt, my other aunt, there's a lot of them. Um, four aunts and four uncles. Wow. Or three uncles and then my dad. So there's four boys and four girls. So it's separated pretty evenly. But like all of like the women on my family experienced some crazy stuff and the men just like more in tune with the situation whatsoever. And that's like why personally I think that I had all of these experiences because it carried on from my aunts down to me and also to my female cousins. Like we get some crazy experiences throughout our life. Um, but in one particular, like, um, scenario, my aunt woke up to like a vibration on her bed, like a real shaking though. And she saw hundreds of faces like on her wall, Ugh. just looking at her and like speaking, but no sound was coming out. Oh my gosh. Ugh. 
you know, I wanted and like, you to say doppelganger so bad, but I'll accept a hundred faces. <laughs> yeah, hundreds of faces. <laughs> no doppelgangers, like just like these eerie faces, like. And I don't know. You probably have seen Hercules, you know, and how like those those um, oh, ghosts float. <laughs> they float in the river, and so like uh, it was yeah. kind of foolish, you know, like just faces like here and there and everywhere, just like looking at her and talking to her, but like not real faces, but like kind of like translucent ghostly kind of things and they do they look like angry or happy or just um, no i i honestly don't know <laughs> and like a comedy show that's crazy <laughs> crazy stuff yeah and like that scared the crap out of her yeah, you know i don't think she slept alone after that for a while mm. um but yeah like and it like it moves to like mirrors being thrown across rooms um, to my grandma being pushed down the steps during an argument and you know no one's up there she gets pushed down breaks an ankle oh so, like, and like there's so many things that like I want to like elaborate on but like I want to actually write a book about this um mm -hmm. so like I'm current like I'm working on the process of like hey like family members what do you think tell me your stories yeah. um, but those ones are like kind of like the big real kickers it's Which is like, also the premise of Haunting Hill House. So I feel like your life is turning into this. Literally. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's generations of hauntings. And it's like passed on from one family member to another. And like, it's a blessing and a curse. But it's, it's a great experience for sure, like being aware and kind of experiencing those things. So what do the men in your family think of all this if, if they're not as like in tune to these experiences? Um, you know, my, my three uncles, like I, they never had any personal experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, two of them were out of the house and one of them was hard of hearing. So I'm sure, you know, he like experienced some stuff when he was a kid, like, you know, with everyone, like, you know, the smell of roses or whatever, and the grandma falling down the stairs. But personally for him, he couldn't hear anything. You know, when he went to sleep, he went to sleep. There was nothing about it. And then my dad was the only like person besides my grandpa to have like an actual experience and see something. So, and he's also had experiences later on in his life that he just recently told me about. So he's like aware, just like we're aware, but um, the rest of them is kind of, I don't know how they feel about the situation. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Well, I want to read your book when you write it. So. I'll be sure to send it to you guys. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, you'll have to come on and promote on the uh, Premier Ghost Podcast. Let our audience know where they can get it. Um, so have you ever gotten together, like, uh, you know, now that we live in the age of Zoom and we're all stuck at home, have you ever done, like, a group call with all the women in your family to compare notes? You know, no, that's actually, like, a really good idea. But we all have different schedules. Unfortunately, getting at, you know, different times of the week, working different days and whatnot. But I have talked to all of them. I'm definitely going to, like, document everything, sit down and spend a day um, once this whole virus thing is over. Yeah. So yeah. It, it is in the future for sure. Very cool. Cool. So you said that um, there was a news article written about the home, yeah. too. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So, um like I said, my family was is in the Seattle area, and my aunt ended up working for the company that produced the article. 
And they later found out that it was her and they asked her all these questions. But in this article, it just basically, it hides our identities, of course, but it's like, um, it talks about the experiences and how like the priests came and they blessed the house and that it seemed to go away after that. But um, it just kind of elaborated on that. And I was actually never allowed to get my hands like on it and read the whole entire thing. Um, but I'm definitely trying right now. Like a couple of my aunts have it and my grandma has it. So once I get it, I'd be more than willing to share it with you guys. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. Be really sure. cool. So it sounds like your family has been trying to uh, like kind of protect you from uh, some of these experiences. Is that accurate? Oh, for sure. You know, I, I didn't find out majority of this until I turned 18 mm-hmm. and was kind of like my own person. Um, so, you know, it's been about four years since I like, be, like found out about most things. And it's just like asking the right questions and kind of like showing them that you like really want to know and that you're not scared or you're not like judging them for like experiencing these such things. Yeah. And what, what do you say to someone who even, you know, after hearing your stories, it's like, ah, I don't believe in ghosts. Like, what do you, how do you, um, do you care? Yeah. Do you, how does that make you feel? See, the thing is, is like, I don't really talk about it. So this is like, I've told a handful of people and it's all like family members that have like experienced it and my partner, you know, and like a friend or two and they believe me. So um, getting this story out there is kind of like the, you know, it'll be the first time if people believe me or not. And, you know, that's totally okay. Like you have to experience something to, you know, you got to see it to believe it. Yeah. And just to see like, who else out there has been experiencing the same things could bring you a lot of peace. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. My favorite thing about this podcast is hearing the similarities and stories, because to me that just gives, that gives the most credence to the stories is when people keep coming on and there's these like same similarities with their experiences, mm-hmm. especially like the hat man, the shadow man, like all those weird ones. I'm just like, how does everybody keep having this same freaking ghost in their house? I don't get it. Yeah, it's, it's hard to make up, you know, like, it's definitely easy to see it. But like, just like making up something like that is, it's too much. So it, there has to be connections within the world and everyone's experiences of like that specific world itself. Well, I will say that doppelganger story might be the scariest ghost story I've ever heard. Yeah, I agree with that. But you know, um, Adding on to that, like, I recently just started talking about this kind of stuff out loud because I was always too scared to say anything because I didn't really want to accept it. And, you know, I started talking with my my aunts and stuff and my dad. And the last few nights, um, terrible nightmares. Absolutely terrible. Um, You know, once again, I'm kind of scared to, like, hang my hand over the edge of the bed. And I haven't been sleeping super good, which kind of sucks. But um, I know that definitely after uh, today, I'm probably going to take a mental health break from all this stuff and just not think about it. Just put myself outside of that world for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And we really uh, appreciate that, you know, you had the courage to talk about and relive some of those uh, events uh, for us and for our listeners. 
Well, yeah, thank you for having me on. This is a really cool experience, and I'm just glad I got to like talk about something. Um, yeah, Riley, thank you so much. It's so brave of you to come on and share your stories. Um, is there anything you'd like to promote or anything of that nature? For oh, no, not at that time. Just personal experiences, and just glad I got to share it with you guys. Okay, awesome. Well, um, we appreciate you coming on. And hey, if any of your family or friends listen and, and they want to come on and share their story, just hit us up. We'd love to have them. Definitely. I'll definitely shoot that towards them, for sure. Aww. Yeah, absolutely. All right, thank you so much, Riley. Thanks. Her life is legitimately, like, haunting of Hill House. Like, one of the characters was yeah. an author who wrote a book. And then they're all going to go back to that house when the book comes out and get trapped in there. Right. And well, and the doppelganger thing kind of reminded me of um, when that one character sees like herself in the future, like when she right. realizes that she was the crooked neck lady the yeah, whole time. Ugh. God, that show is so scary. It's the new oh. season supposed to come out. Um, oh, I can't so, wait. Um, yeah, that was a cool guest. It's, it's been interesting to see kind of the dichotomy of people that we're getting um, from the internet. You know, uh, we know the person, when she talked about like the yellow eyes and the teeth, we know the person, you guys know this person too, so. Oh, wow. I don't want to share their name in, in case they, that story they didn't want to share. So maybe um, that person can come back on and talk about it sometime but i just thought it was so interesting the similarities about it yeah yeah scary <laughs> what do you what out of all the because we got kind of a big array of stories and it even sounded like she was holding back some of the scary ones um for her book what out of those do you think would scare you the most for sure the, the doppelganger 100 percent. you oh think gosh. it'd be the hundreds of faces on the wall like that's that's pretty scary too no still the doppelganger <laughs> like the like even if it wasn't a doppelganger just seeing something slide out of your bed the way yeah. she described it is so freaky uh, i had a i had a joke but i was like i didn't know if it'd be insensitive so i didn't make it but i wanted to be like riley what if you're the doppelganger and she was the real riley but i was like ah this person's actually going through this stuff i'm not gonna say yeah, that. he probably has thought maybe he thought that yeah, but like uh i was so traumatized by that fucking movie what uh, lies beneath oh and which one is that uh i don't know but basically it's the one with harrison ford and goldie hahn no what lies beneath no goldie hahn lies with arnold schwarzenegger no. richard richard greer and richard greer no and oh my god i'm gonna be right richard greer and that blonde girl goldie hahn is not in it. it's about ghosts that is not goldie hahn that's oh sorry harrison ford and michelle pfeiffer ah yeah Blonde women are not the same. All blonde women are not the same. I have no I don't know. I agree with Kat. But I remember, um, I literally watched in third grade, had no clue what it was going to be. And there's a part where they're in a bathtub and like the, the ghost of the dead wife that he killed or however it is, just like translucently comes out of the body. And I'm just like, I couldn't, like I had to check behind the shower curtain for the rest of my life. Like I still do, but we don't have a shower curtain now. Uh, in the closet. Wait, door hold on, pause. Why don't you have a shower curtain? Because oh, it's, it's one a, of those ones with like the glass. It's like a glass oh, okay. Door. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I thought you just meant that you guys opted to not put a shower curtain in. I was like, that's a don't move. We don't have believe a shower. In shower curtains. Well, I know JJ is real big into like being a nudist, so you know it, it could go either way there. I have no comment. <laughs> you know I'm right. Only <laughs> I. Came here so I didn't get charged. That's a sports <laughs> reference.
that you guys what? understand. I understand it. It's the guy who was on the Seahawks. Yes, Marshall. Oh, yeah, Marshall. Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn. 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 We're doing a great job. Yeah, he likes Skittles. The translucent uh, doppelganger is pretty freaky. I didn't know that doppelganger is like an actual like ghost term. I just always thought it meant that you saw somebody that looked like you. Yeah, that's how I always took it. I, yeah. I, I don't think it's necessarily exclusively a ghost thing, but... Yeah, I have to look into that. Yikes. Yeah. That one... Uh, that one I could see me having a nightmare about. I haven't had a good nightmare in a while, but that, that might just do it. Yeah. yeah, that was definitely one of the scarier episodes. Um, and the fact that, you know, her whole family seems to, or, or almost her whole family seems to have had these kind of similar experiences really freaks me out a lot more because, you know, you can't just, I mean, granted, we don't know her personally. We don't know her family, but, you know, of course she seems very genuine and, Mm-hmm. you know yeah. to seem like someone who's just making this up for attention but you know it it's a lot harder to say oh well it was probably just like her mind tricking her when all these other people have had similar experiences yeah yeah it's always like baffling to me when we're doing episodes when um uh jj is completely quiet because one he's either like just totally not buying it and has tuned out or two is really convinced by this stuff so it's fun to watch him uh, really consider that the yeah. spiritual world exists. Kind of take it all on. I also think that doppelganger story just threw us off for a loop. Like that was, it was a hard one to kind of come back from, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. This like, I feel like it, it moves the needle more for me. I'm still, I don't know like what number I'm at anymore. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like I'm definitely more uh, on the open-minded to uh, something supernatural being out there. Well, do you feel like, because we've had such an array of stories, um, but I feel like lately we are getting more scary content. Do you feel like the scary content moves you a little more than the other stuff, or is it just the individual person's story, or how, what do you think? I mean, if, it, if the scarier stuff does move me more, it's not like, it's like subconscious. Um, I think it's more, just like you know the the fact that or at least like according to her story that you know her friend and her mom saw you know that weird yellow face thing um and that her her parents have had all these other or her her whole family has had you know all these other encounters that stuff's just like it's hard to shake and have, have had like really really vivid experiences is the other thing yeah cat i know you've been on your energy kick did, mm-hmm. did this story affect that at all yeah i guess so it's like i don't know like some people if if it is energy if we're going off my theory of energy can people like see energy differently or hear it differently or I don't know. Maybe there is a world out there where these ghosts and spirits are just yeah, calling at us from every angle. I think it's interesting that um, how a lot of the people when they were younger could see physical forms of supernatural. And then when they get older, if you know, whatever it is that's happening to them seems to change to where they say they feel things, you know, or maybe hear things or think they catch glimpses versus seeing like fully formed 
uh, entities. I, I would be curious to talk to like maybe a psychologist or something and see if they have a explanation for, you know, why when we're younger, we may think we're more susceptible to see something like this. Yeah. My science self also like goes to brain chemistry because I think of like all the different types of neurotransmitters and things that are released or um, uh, that are, you know, released in our brains every day. Oh my gosh, I'm really doing a great job explaining this, but the brain chemicals, right? So like, mm-hmm. you know, if you have schizophrenia, you have too much dopamine and then that you create all these hallucinations and auditory things that you hear that aren't there. Um, and, so oh, well, it just makes me feel, and like not just schizophrenia, it happens to all sorts of mental illnesses and maybe illnesses is the wrong word there. Maybe just like to an extent, all of us have these brain chemicals that we don't understand fully or maybe like a portion of some of that. Yeah. And like even being more open and like working on meditating and bringing yourself to a regulated state to allow for those types of things to happen. My brain kind of goes to that direction too. Well, and maybe the, the brain chemistry thing, too like maybe that explains why you know like her family and other people that we've interviewed say that like this kind of runs in their family maybe there is like something genetic um with the brain chemistry that's making people either more susceptible to experiencing the supernatural or more susceptible to i don't know maybe these auditory or visual hallucinations not to say that anyone who we've interviewed I think it's crazy. Um, I don't, I think, you know, all of our guests have seemed like very calm, collected, rational people, but you know, I, I don't know who knows. There's like, there, we don't know what the explanation is. And yeah, you know, I mean, the brain is a weird, cool thing. Like my dad um, was prescribed some kind of cough medicine and he didn't read the instructions and he just like took a big swig of it. Well, it turned out it was like codeine. And then he saw his head roll down the hallway and he's like as straight laced as you get. So, you know, not to say that's the same thing. I I just think it's interesting how, you know, even on like substances, yeah, how, how so many things can affect our brain, you know, and our, and our brain is literally what gives us our perception of the world. So, you know, it, it, it's the computer that kind of drives the machine. Right. So, yeah, true. And how, like, we don't know, how accurate our machines are working yeah and not not just in terms of like whether someone is has like a mental illness or not but we don't even know if like the baseline that we consider sanity you know whether that's accurate or not judging by how many people aren't wearing masks i would say there's a lot of broken computers out there right now. oh there's a lot of stupid (laughs) fucking computers out there (laughs) they need to up some updated os or something i I don't know it's so frustrating, but that's neither here nor there. I do wanted to say I wanted to thank all the people from Reddit who have been so kind with their time to come on the podcast. Um, you guys have definitely really helped us at a time where, you know, we're living in this COVID world where a lot of times we would be able to pull guests in from our local community because um, we all performers and have the benefit of seeing a lot of people who recommend guests to us. And right now that's kind of tough. So thanks guys. We appreciate that. I'm, I want to start posting some of our content on those ghost subreddits. So we'll see how that goes. So maybe that will kind of 
give your stories a little more exposure. Um, and I also want to start putting some clips up on YouTube. So we'll kind of see how that goes too. But I did just from the Real Hauntings family, want to thank you guys and thank all our fans for listening. Uh, this month was a particularly good month for us for whatever reason. Maybe just because people are tired of being locked in their homes and they want to listen to more ghost stories. I don't know. But thanks, you guys. And um, thanks, Riley, for coming on. And Kat and JJ, thank you for always being so awesome. And uh, with that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm JJ Crable. And I'm Kat. Greetings, adventurers. Today, we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.